All right, welcome back to Billion Fighter. This is Alex Freeman. I'm a strength conditioning coach out of Denver, Colorado. With me, as always, is Austin Shane, a performance chiropractor out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, again, and we make up Building Fighter. We're going to talk today about state wrestling and how high school and amateur wrestling creates a great foundation or a good gateway into mixed martial arts and why that's on the come up and how wrestling is a huge um, base for the mixed martial artists and why that's super valuable. So Austin, what thoughts did you have to kick it off? I actually wanted to kick it right back to you and ask you, so you just coached at the Colorado state tournament, right? Right. That's a pretty cool experience. First time ever coaching at a state meet. How was that? Yeah. So yeah, that's where this idea is, is kind of branching out of our, this last weekend was, the Colorado state wrestling championships. And it was also my first year as a high school wrestling coach. Um, the experience was cool, man. Uh, a lot of, you know, rev- reminiscing of my yeah. uh, high school wrestling and state days. But the, one of the biggest takeaways I had was the amount of dedication and preparation that all the athletes put in, you know, like I think high school wrestling is one of, is a very unique funnel of focus, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a goal to be, a state place or state champion, like high school wrestling gives you a great opportunity to pretty much zero in on that goal and work towards it. And it, it gives you that foundation of work and what it takes to train at an elevated level train and, and put the extra, you know, one or 2% effort in and do the right things consistently because wrestling is a huge, is a very long season. So it gives you that opportunity to learn what really intense training looks like. Um, And I think as we go back to it, we've heard that argument in MMA before that amateur wrestling teaches you how to train Yeah, and, you know, for better or worse, train hard and train intense. So seeing that through the state tournament and seeing what it looks like to realize your goals, you know, whether that comes in the form of a state championship, so you come up short, some of those big moments um, and really watching kids either achieve or lose their dream, I think Mm -hmm. was a, a good coaching point for me because you're really put in that pressure situation and like what you say matters. And yeah. so yeah. That what was, you say, uh, that's what they're going to remember forever. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of how they're going to mark their state experience. So um, it was really, it was a really good privilege to be part of that for the athletes that I coach, but also a, a good learning experience for me as a coach. For sure. And I also, I mean, I like wrestling a lot as a base, obviously we're both wrestlers, right? But I think one of the coolest things about it is it brings a structure into training. So much of MMA is kind of laissez-faire. It's, you can do whatever you want. Like it doesn't, you can do whatever you want. You can find any path. You could still get to the octagon, right? You could be a striker. You could fuck around. You could like a GSP's Muay Thai coach that he brought in on the ultimate fighter. Dude, it was just hammered out of his mind and beating the shit out of everybody. Like you can be that type of that good based off of just anything because mixed martial arts has so many different variables. What I think wrestling does well though, is it allows you to have a little bit more of a one track mind and allows you to be more of a professional because you get treated like a professional from such a young age. Like you're at least, at least where I'm from, I was expected to be at practice six days a week. If I was not at practice six days a week, something was wrong. My coach is calling my parent. Okay? Also, yeah, like shoes on be there early. Exactly. Be yeah. Ready I'm there 15 minutes early. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not rolling up and getting my shoes on at practice time. I am ready. We're starting warm set. I remember Gomez was at six 30 at night. We go from six 30 till eight every single night. 
until the weekends. And then on Saturdays, if we weren't wrestling, that was a three o'clock practice. And I would be at every single one of those. And if I wasn't like, you might not even even get to be able to compete at the end of the week versus what you see a lot with like people in MMA is you can kind of pick and choose which practices you want to go to. You're almost your, even though you have a head coach, honestly, it's like you're your own head coach because you're your own team at the end of the day. You're the only one that goes into that octagon. So you kind of, if you don't have that background of that structure of, I need to do this, I need to have that structure where I go forward and progress like a professional, not just like a fighter, then you you typically don't make it. (laughs) The champs all have schedules yeah, and I think wrestling imparts that better than any other sport. Yeah. It's it's a weird little vacuum in high school wrestling where you give athletes a skill and like a skill that they can apply to the rest of their life of like be early, be on time, work hard, um, doing all the little things right really adds up and it matters in the long run because that was one of the most consistent things I saw at the state tournament, right? The guys that are winning, the guys that are on top of it doing their thing, they don't need to be told to go warm up. They're not getting told to make weight. They're not getting told what they have to do. They know what they have to do and they're acting on their own. And so it becomes a habit of their lifestyle versus something that they're being told to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's like my biggest quarrel with a lot of uh, high school sports. It's like, Oh, sports book character. It's like, do they like, you don't yeah. like, but high school wrestling, like the guys that are on top of it and they take ownership and accountability and they're on their own journey because it is a little more individualistic as a sport that genuinely does affect how you behave in the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the, if you look at, you know, your pro fight gym, like your wrestlers are the ones that are there early, have their shoes laced up and are warmed up before practice starts. They're the ones because- running warmups because the, the coach, like the, because the coach might not even be there yet, but the yeah. wrestler is the one that's there running the warmups, running everybody through. And they're the person that people look to in the gym because of their consistency. Yeah. And that's kind of something that even goes back to when we had um, get physical, we had Corey Beasley on. Mm-hmm. He was talking about what's the number one thing that he would tell a fighter it's consistency. And that's to me, one of the biggest things wrestling has ever given me in life is if you just keep working and you just keep going and you stay consistent, that allows you to keep leveling up and leveling up and leveling up. And it stays away from stagnation. We see time and time again with these top level MMA fighters that they almost like become one trick ponies and they stagnate and they don't want to continue to put in the hours. They don't want to continue to evolve. They just, they're good with maybe being a champ and being, and having one title defense. They're good with maybe just making it to the UFC and they're finally making some big bucks or bigger bucks. But the people that, and that's, I honestly think why a lot of wrestlers held UFC belts over the years is because wrestling teaches you that you need to consistently come in over and over and over again, and you're going to keep evolving. And that evolution is eventually going to get you to the, to the promised land, to the title. Dude. And and that's one of my favorite things to see in wrestling is like, you can tell when a guy is like genuinely like in it, right. They are committed. They're like, all of their thoughts revolve around their wrestling performance, you know? And like, you need somebody to be that laser focused. If you're going to achieve at the highest level, like straight up, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's great to watch that happen with your athletes, but it's also, um, I don't know, again, just attractive for me to think back into high school. Like when I was in that zone, right. Because as life happens and as college happens, like it's easy to get out of that zone because you have other priorities and this and that. But like, if you truly want to achieve greatness, you got to get into that zone. 
and you have to be able to function a little bit selfishly, a little bit more focused I mean, let, on, let's be honest, a lot of it selfishly. A lot like if you, if you want to be a champ, you have to be selfish and that's a, that's a shitty thing to say, but that's a sacrifice everybody around you has to make in order for you to get to your goal. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And so I love seeing that. And then, you know, state championships, state, state finals are always so fun to watch because you get to see the the anomaly, the one person yep. that it does happen for, you know, yep. and that's why everybody's so happy when you win the state championship. But um, I always look for that. I was like to see the guys that are, are truly in it and truly focused um, because they're the guys that like they have a different look in their eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that they're on a mission and they're going to sacrifice to get to that mission. And it's it's enviable for a lot of people. And and then I think back to our conversation either a week ago or two weeks ago of like, you know, why are you performing a sport to be great or whatever? It's like, they've made that decision and you have to consistently make that decision is like, I'm sacrificing my short term for that long term. And that's when you get to the highest level of sport. That's the, the fun part of it to see. Well, that's the book we read, our first book that you picked, which is a great book. And the next book is going to be coming out, probably our next podcast, Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, but it takes what it takes. And you consistently have to just understand to be your goal takes what it takes. And you're going to make those sacrifices over and over and over again. And it's fucking amazing when you see that heavyweight that beats the number one kid in the country. That's just a really good wrestler. Like he just tries really hard. Right. And Mm -hmm. he goes out there and he beats the number one kid in the country and fucking tosses a Greco national champ in the finals. Right. How cool is that? I I guarantee he got up and he just fucking flexes and it's the the number one feeling in the world, but it's because he put in countless hours. He had that belief before anybody else did. And it's cool because in wrestling, you get to see it firsthand because it's a structure. There's always a pinnacle. Like in jujitsu, there's like, it's a joke around here. Like everybody's a world champ in jujitsu. (laughs) There's so many different (laughs) promotions, right? Everybody's a world champ. Same with Muay Thai. Everybody's a world champ in Muay Thai. I think like literally if you you get the little shorts, they give you a belt. At least that's what it looks like on Instagram. Yeah. Wrestling, there's one. Well, in Colorado, there's five. In Illinois, there's three. But in 5A Colorado, there is one person that was the best in that state at that point in time, in that given year, that nobody else can take that from them ever. Yeah. That's cool. Man. Yeah. And again, you're reminisce because that's such a big part of like how I spent my high school career of like, you know, doing all the right things to try and add up to a state championship. And it's fucking hard, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the to the point that you just made, like if it was easy, it wouldn't help hold so much esteem or if there was multiple, it wouldn't hold so much esteem. There's one shot that, you know, five, 600 kids are, are vying for. Yep. Right. And so if you don't do all the right stuff, guess what? Like, I mean, like me and you. Like, yeah, I, right? I can point blank say it. Like, I didn't do all the right stuff. I probably could have been a state champ. I never you know, was. I'm going to argue back your point there because in high school, my senior, my junior and senior year, I did everything right. I, I feel as though I put everything towards the goal of becoming a state champ. I don't think, I mean, there's, <sighs> I, I did it, man. Well, I, I told people you do I, some crazy shit. You, you say you do, but like, like Keegan O'Toole, he's the 165 from Mizzou right now. He's yeah. a world champ last year in juniors. He would drive down from Wisconsin five days a week to wrestle at Gomez. Yeah. And an yeah, hour and a half both argue, ways. That's I'm not doing argue everything. There was more that I could do or whatever. But my senior year, like 
I worked out three times every day. I ran every morning. I, I did the right things as far as right. You controlled what you could control. Practice, you know, all that stuff, and like, and you still come up short sometimes. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's again part of the allure is like. And I, I had an athlete this weekend. I know for a fact he was laser focused. He did all the right things, and then he ends up getting third. And that's you know part of circumstance, part of performance, part of everything. Like that's why it's so entertaining and such a um, impressive feat because. Not only are you working for um, your hard work, but you're working against every variable that can happen. Yeah. Right. So it's it's defying the odds. That's so magnificent, I guess, about a state championship, about a world championship. And it's it's crazy to see those people succeed. And that's why it's inspiration. For sure. And I think another thing that I, it, I know it's not overlooked, but we haven't touched on is wrestling teaches you to fucking dominate. Yes. Like it's that's for MMA. I don't think there's another like soft skill we'll put it so not like a hard skill that i would want out of my athlete other than to seek like to actually be like bloodthirsty for domination like when they go in there they're trying to put that dude out there's no there's no other mental skill that i want them to have and in wrestling like a good wrestling room bro like i've made my best friends cry and they've made me cry like i want to break you Dude, you're in there to dog someone like, and I will totally agree with you. Like that's where winning wrestlers, that's where great wrestlers excel is like, yeah, like I'm sorry, but when we talk on the mat, like when we step on the mat, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to dominate. Like even in drilling, like even in drilling, I'm going to put you in the ground with my pace. I'm going to put you in the ground with like how good my technique is, stuff like that. And, and you're always thirsty. That's why, again, it's impressive to me when guys, you know, catch and release takedown like they scored 12 14 15 16 points in a match yeah. right like i am more dominant than you i'm better than you and i want the world to know it and i want you to be embarrassed to be on this mat with me oh, right yeah. like that you should be afraid to step back on the mat that again like you said that soft skill or that type of mental um willingness to berate somebody is great and i don't know i mean i really don't know any other sport that that's that's the goal like that's been preached to me since I was seven is that if you step on the mat and somebody's in front of you, they're trying to break them. Yeah. I don't know any other sport that does that. Yeah. So even <laughs> like kickboxing, like you always want to crack back and be one for one, but there's, and there's the knockout, the kill killer instinct, but there's not like the, the pure domination of it that I see like with wrestling and jujitsu, like you have to give to take and, and you kind of flow with the match and then, yeah, you can be crafty and always find your submission, but there's not a lot of like pure domination. Well, um, I think it, it's like, because the other sports, the the costs are so great. If yeah. you if you're trying to dominate and striking, you're you're gonna hurt that other person. You're you're gonna you're probably gonna give them a concussion, or yeah. you're gonna hurt like fractured something. If you're in jujitsu, well, if you're going after a choke, well, that's asphyxiation that could lead to brain trauma from or, or joint locks or joint locks, and you're gonna tear something. In wrestling, the only thing that gets hurt is that person's pride. <laughs> yeah, your ego. <laughs> And your pride comes back, not always real quickly, but it comes back. And then I think too, you can combine those two aspects we're talking about, like consistency with the domination aspect. Like, yeah, you like you're consistently expected to dominate, and like every day in a practice room is almost like pr- proving your worth. Like, yep. you know, some of the ends that we talk about could get to a toxic level, but like you have to consistently prove that you can be on top, and it's not worth really anything. If you're not consistent about it, you know, if you're a monster of practice one day out of the week, mm-hmm. you're still not a very good wrestler. Yeah. You know, you have to be dominant every day of the week. And I think that's another lesson speaking on consistency is like, I might not feel good today. I might be cutting a shit ton of weight. I might be this or that. I still got to come get it. Right. Yep. Because, yep. you know, part of that work ethic like proves your, 
your, your merit in a wrestling sense. And so, I don't know, again, some of these, I think it take to like a toxic extreme, but working hard and working through a little bit of adversity every day is going to do nothing but benefit a lot of these kids that, that have never wrestled or that are trying to be great at wrestling. For sure. And for people that want to get into the sport that we're talking about, mixed martial arts, yeah. like it's, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it teaches you invaluable skills. I got a question for you. I was discussing this with some of my athletes. What do you think is a better feeling knocking somebody out or absolutely breaking them in a wrestling match? Oh dude, breaking them. I, I would have to agree, but everybody you know, like, that strikes says knocking somebody out. <laughs> knocking somebody out feels great. And I mean, and, and I'm speaking from like a two or three time experience. Like I'm not like great at striking and I haven't done it nearly as much as I wrestled, but like, and uh, most recently I've been on the other end of getting broke, but breaking somebody when they choose to quit. Yeah. Like that is, yep. you know, like, you like see the not only have I, body. not only have I physically mauled you, but like mentally you've accepted that you cannot hang with me. Yeah. Right. Like you cannot. And like, that's a, and I've gotten that in jujitsu a little bit because like the wrestling mindset does not transfer over to jujitsu a lot uh, with mm-hmm. guys that haven't wrestled. Right. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm literally scrambling for a lot of positions and like, yeah, I'm looking for somewhere to rest, but I'm not going to rest till I'm in a dominant position. Right. And this happened maybe like a month ago where we were scrambling a lot. And this guy was probably better at jujitsu than me, but he didn't have a gas tank, didn't have the mindset to beat me. Right. So right. we're scrambling a ton. I get in the back, I get a body triangle. Um, and I squeeze it. I'm like, okay, I can rest here a little bit. Literally. That was my thought was like, I got down to position. I can stop and rest a little bit. His thought was fuck. This sucks right now. I'm going to tap to a body triangle. <laughs> and I was like, again, felt great. Um, yeah. but yeah, when you dog somebody in wrestling and like their heads in the mat, they're trying to like wave their hands up in the air and, yep. and they take a real shitty shot that just goes right into the ground. And then they or just stay yeah. there and they're just trying to hang on. Yep. That's when like, yeah, that feels good. And I was trying to think about at the state wrestling meet too. Like and I try and I'm trying to figure out a best way to package and, and, and coach guys into this. But my senior year, because I, I was talking about like where I felt I did all the right things. I was very physically dominant. Again, my wrestling skill was not always up to par with everybody, but like, because I knew I had the training and back behind me, mm-hmm. I never stepped on the mat thinking that somebody could take me down or yeah. thinking about the other guy's game plan. I never thought like, all right, he's got a nasty fireman. So blah, blah, blah. I always stepped on the mat thinking, you know, I'm going to be dominant in this match. I feel great. Like I know I trained harder than him. How many arm slides can I hit in this match? Exactly. Like <laughs> when what you're cool in it, you scramble. Am I going to do this time? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're not even concerned about your opponent. You're like, I'm going to wrestle in the match. And I think that's where people get too in their head about rankings and about this and that. And it's like, no, like you're dominant. Go be dominant. hundred percent. Do what you do best. That's Sport actually, points. that's something that I think that's, that's a good topic to go into is I don't think that we should game plan as much as we do. And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, coaches should still watch film. They should still do the same amount of, film study. But I think the way that it gets conveyed to athletes a lot of the times is harmful, not helpful. Um, It it legitimizes the, it legitimizes and even like blows up the other person's skill set. Right. Because the more, the the more you talk about, oh, this other guy's so good at this, this other guy does this well, we got to avoid this. Well, that's just limiting our offense. That's limiting our ability to impart our game plan. Right. And and obviously you need, you need to know, right. If you're going to fight Izzy, you got to know f- fucking head kicks are probably coming. Like, and you got to know from where and from what angle, but when you say, Hey, don't shoot on this guy. Cause he's got a killer guillotine and you're 
a fucking wrestler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. like that's a problem. That's a, that's a major problem. Um, and it gets in, in our athletes heads and it's, uh, it's across the board, right? It's, it's not, it's not just wrestling. It's not just MMA. It's, it's all of the combat sports where, and actually all sports in general, where I feel like a trend needs to move more towards trusting our athletes and trusting their individual skills and less from, Oh, I'm trying to create this perfect game plan to game plan this person in front of me. Yeah. I would agree with you in a, a very general overarching sense. And I, I totally agree that we need to focus on refining and, and enforcing our game plan or, or going our pace. I think the game planning, the strategy needs to be reserved for people at the highest level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you, you've got your skills teed up, right. You've got yourself to, you know, the state championship, you've got yourself to the UFC belt, you've got yourself to a Bellator belt or LFA or whatever, then you need to start making some game plans and considering what your opponent's going to do. I think a lot of times that either like, you know, at a dual meet or at some of the lower level fights, like I need to spend more energy focusing on perfecting my plan rather than perfecting my plan against him or against them. Right. Right. So it needs to be a little bit reserved. And even then it can be packaged, not in a sense of he's got a killer left hand or he's got this or that. We need to avoid it. It can be packaged in a sense of this is what we're going to do. You know, yeah. this is our combination for this fight. This is our approach. It's not necessarily we got to avoid his left hand. So we're going to move like this. It's got to be this combination is going to kill this dude. This combination is going yeah, to so land well. every time. Yeah. So I think that that packaging gets super important, but still like the highest level, you know, you're going to wrestle somebody in the state finals. You know, you're both going to get there. Like, you know who it is and you know, our game plan, like, okay, last time we shot, you know, a blast double and he, you know, came up with double underhooks, whatever. Right. Yeah. We got to tighten up our blast double or we shoot a single. Like, right. Yeah. Two things, that's fair. You know? I agree so. with that. It's, it's a lot more important at the younger, at the younger levels and at the lower levels to focus on you. And then as mm-hmm. your competition goes up, you need to at least acknowledge what they do. That's uh, what I just said. Yes, I'm agreeing with you. Good, 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 good. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Austin, thinking back to your state tournament, state wrestling meets, what, what were some of the biggest takeaways, either from you as a wrestler or from you going back to watch as a, I'm pretty sure you have? Uh, yeah, um, well, I state was always one of my worst tournaments, um, so that's <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> I always somehow managed to choke, so that was frustrating. Um, weird for most of the times under big lights, I shine for whatever reason, that fucking, that fucking <laughs> Illini dome or whatever the Those goddamn old, thing is called. Blue mats, yeah. yeah. The state farm arena, I think is what it's called now. Fuck that place. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was good. It was a place that's taught me a lot. And I feel like it teaches a lot of athletes, a lot about themselves and how to handle adversity. Cause like you mm-hmm. said, every time it's, there's only one champ. Yeah. How do you respond if you're not that one champ? Are you going to lose or if you lose in the semifinals, do you end up in sixth? Are you that fucking kid Yeah, that makes it to the semis? You're one of the top four wrestlers in the bracket and you lose the next two because you got mentally broken because your goals, your, your dreams are crushed. Right. No, you fucking pick yourself back up and you go out there and you win your next fucking match to make it to the third and fourth place, Matt. And yeah. it's, I feel like that's where the blood round, like an NCAAs or the blood round at state, that's where you see the true colors of people. That's where you see the true colors of athletes. Um, and I was talking to a a fighter at the gym a couple of days ago and he was, he was talking about how you can see it 
once once you reverse a position, once something doesn't go somebody's way, that's how you really know about that person. He, we were know. talking about in like yeah. uh, he's a jujitsu guy, and he uh, and he says when you when you put wrestlers on their backs, you get to figure out real quick which one's a dog and which one's going to cower. Yeah, and and that's something you see, like you get to see firsthand. How do you respond to adversity in the blood round? Are you going to be the person that chokes under pressure, like your boy did when in his junior year? Or are you going to be that picks himself the fuck up? He capitalizes on a moment and then goes forward. Yeah. And I totally see it. I think I see it a lot after like the first takedown in a match. Right. You know, and I had a lot of I had coaches that emphasize the first takedown in a match is, is being very important. It's like, are you going to get taken down, put your head on the mat and lay there? Yep. Or are you going to be popping right back up trying to get the next takedown? Yep. Like that's, that's a, a key indication. And that's why I was so proud of my athlete this weekend. Like, he lost a match he wasn't supposed to lose, right? And like state championship out the door. Like, that sucks, right? But came back, torched the backside, wrestled yep. the best I've seen him wrestle, right? He chain wrestled better than I ever seen him coming. We wrestled a guy for the fifth time this year. We were two and two against him, you know, yep. right? Two and three in the state. And we be we were the most dominant we've ever wrestled him. Fuck yeah. Right. So it was like you get to have those moments where like, all right, you've got it. You know, you've, you you're coming back. You're not the guy that just folds. Once right. everything goes to shit, right? And so I think that's I think what what you had you said some has some merit to it. Like I've learned a lot about myself from my performance at the state tournament. Like I was that guy that got to the semis, lost in the semis, and then and I think I went on to wrestle the best I ever had because I wasn't thinking about anything. All yeah. like the goals are gone. I just get to like just send it, man. Just go out there and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I wrestle the best is when I think the least, yep. right? When so, you get to just trust yourself. Yeah. And so that's how I plan to operate and how I try and perform more and more nowadays. And again, I'm not going for any world championships or any, any huge prize, but the more I'm having fun and thinking less about the pressure of this situation, the more I'm performing well. Yeah. yeah dude. And that's... so how can you, again, for me, how can you translate that to coaching athletes and see, is this one of those type of athletes that like need no pressure on them? Or is this an athlete, you know, maybe like yourself that like needs the lights or needs to perform well under the the big stuff. So, yeah, it's, it mimics life real well too. We'll put it that Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) Cause time and time again, it surprises me that I call them normies, like non, non non-combat sports people. Like it surprises me every time when normies come up to me with a situation and they're like, ah, like, what do you do here? And And I'm just like, you just keep fucking going. Like you just work hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you just put your nose down, you shut the fuck up and, and you just keep going and it's going to work out. Like don't, don't back out at the first sign of failure. Yeah. And I see that a lot of like jujitsu practices now. Like um, I cannot believe the amount of jujitsu people that do a move three times and say, yeah, this one's not for me. I'm not going to do that. It's like, or do move a couple of times and, and like, Oh, I need to ask a question about this professor from over here. Yeah. It's like, bro, and I said this to my jujitsu professor the other day and he, he laughed about it. I was like, unless you've drilled that move 500 times, no. you don't have a question about the move. No, you got to feel it. You got to try it. You got to, you know, do it in a sparring situation. Like you have the established base of the technique and maybe you need to clarify, like, you know, how that works. But until you've like got the feel for the move, you can't determine whether it's there for you or not, or whether, um, or you have a real like legitimate philosophical question. And I get that's the alert of jujitsu, but well, like even, even making the move your own, 
right? Yeah. It's it's no longer like moves need to be personalized. Like how I set up my double leg, well, I don't hit double legs. How I set up my single leg is different than how you set up your single leg, right? Yep. And it's not, it could be the same if we're doing like a collar tie pull into that inside single. It could literally be the exact same shot and the exact same setup, but we would do things slightly differently because that's what works into our style, right? We're definitely going to slide to the ground create a scramble situation and try to get to the low ankles where I'm going to try to stay on my feet, pick it up and yeah, fuck that shit. I want to be on the ground from there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be on top. I want to be in the air. Yeah. I want to be on the ground and that's where I put pull people in. It's just like a fucking octopus. And then as soon as I get on top, it's over, but you, it's, you see it time and time again, where people feel like they have to be perfect. They need them there. It's almost like there's right ways to do the move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when in reality, it's, you don't even know what's right. What's wrong. You don't even know what the fucking move is. Just keep yeah. doing it. The more you do it, the more you'll feel, Hey, is this working? Yes or no. What do I need to switch for myself? Maybe one or two things. Cool. Then is. we make yeah. those adjustments. You go forward. Cause that's called learning, right? Yeah. If you come over and your coach comes over and fixes every little thing you do, that's not learning. That's listening. And then, you need to learn. And I've ran into that. Like that's a hard intersection, especially I think with high school athletes, because sometimes you legitimately just need to tell them this is yeah. right. What you're doing is wrong. Right. And yeah. I think we've talked about this conundrum before, like personalization is, I think the, the end goal and that creativity is like the highest form of learning to your point. Right. But sometimes like what's different is not what's useful. Right. So it's For like, sure. like, I'm going to get to that single and I'm immediately roll through on my back and do this. It's like, yeah. no, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Current high school you know? rules. Sounds dumb. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Like just straight up, you shouldn't do that. So, uh, and, and that's your role as a coach to filter that as like, no, good idea, good personalization. That's great. Versus, ah, no, we're going to skip that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And building up enough trust with your athletes for when you say that they listen and they yeah. don't just say, oh no, like, yeah, I'm going to continue to do this because that's the worst. <laughs> when I say, oh, that's not going to fucking work. They do it anyways. And then they go into a live situation. They try it. It fails. And they look at me like, oh, and I'm like, bro, I just told you it's not going to fucking so. work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's. I'm not doing this for my own health. I get nothing if you lose. Yeah, that's, I don't know. And, and that's coach athlete relationship building up. Like, and um, this speaks to like this last Friday, we had one of our best sparring days at Factory X in a long time. And like, um, I think it helps to legitimize you as a coach if you're doing all the right things already. Right. Like, yeah. That, that was the biggest thing. Like, you can't call guys on bullshit and like sit there and say, I told you so if you're not doing the right things yourself. Right. So I think that that has a lot to do with like building trust, exactly like you said, and and earning it not only through your leadership, but through like how you run your own life. Yep. Yeah. So, and that that's another thing wrestling does really well. When we're talking about the process of like trying to train and become a wrestling state champ, like you're going to get exposed. There's no hiding in wrestling, no, right? Like, like you can hide in technique and you can hide in like your conditioning, but like that guy that's out there to dog you, like we were talking about earlier, that wants to break you. Yep. If you try and hide from that guy, you're getting dogged. Like period. <laughs> like there's, there's no if ands or buts about it. You're going to get exposed. And that's, that's part of the cutthroat nature of like combat sports that I love. Hell yeah. It's the best part about sport. It's why it's the, some of the best sports in the world. Amen. Yeah. You get exposed, get exposed easy. So got to do the right things to not get exposed. Fuck yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that's uh, the end of our thoughts on reflecting on the state tournament and what wrestling can do for you um, from a groundwork to MMA and from a high school wrestling perspective, one of the best things that you can do for your young athlete, both from a developmental physical place, as well as the mental place um, is put them in a good wrestling program 
I emphasize good wrestling programs because there's a lot of bad cultures. Yeah. There's a lot of bad cultures around wrestling. So find the coach that, that preaches the right things that has a good intense yet, um, realistic understanding of children when they wrestle. Right. So find that they'll give them such a physical base of leverage, um, movement, things like that. And then also that mental edge of like deciding to win and deciding to work hard, even though X, Y, or Z is out of place. So we think that's a great base for your MMA career if you choose to go into that, but it's also life skills, right? It's life skills of work ethic. It's life skills of, you know, analyzing the demands of what's, what it's going to take to achieve your goals. So huge foundation, and obviously something that we're fond of because that's our background. So that's it for our reflections there. Um, we're building fighter. Obviously we have our website up. We have our programming needs. If you want us to coach you as a coach or coach your athletes, um, we have our personalized programs as well as some preloaded ones. So check out our website, which is all in the show notes, our contacts, everything, our Instagram page. Shout out to our first team we've ever worked with Eastern Oregon, getting their okay. first net or first, I almost said national championship, first conference championship. <laughs> this last weekend. Oh. So kudos to you guys. Absolutely crushing it out there. That was great. Yeah. That was really exciting for us as, as a staff. Like you said, we've been programming for them, strength and conditioning. And again, just seeing the impact that it's had on their program that, you know, hasn't traditionally trained the way that we train. So congrats again to them. We're super excited for it. Hell yeah, definitely. So yeah, we are building a fighter and uh, my name's Alex Friedman, Dr. Austin Shane, and we are out. <laughs>